everybody, I'm Chris Lang for the Virginia State Golf Association, and welcome to this episode of the VSGA's Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. Swing lube, shoot and juice, call it what you want, but a nice cold beverage is often an essential part of the golf experience, either on course or after your round. Myself, I enjoy a ice cold silver bullet or two in the back nine on a hot summer day. It's just kind of relaxing, helps elevate the experience of being outside chasing that little white ball around. Of course, getting a cold beer or a hard seltzer on the golf course isn't difficult. You just order, open the can, and go. Suppose you want a mixed drink. That can be complicated. Does a beverage cart have all the ingredients? Is it cool to slow pace of play to a crawl while you're forced from all orders of cocktail at the turn, leaving the group behind you fuming? Not really. These are the sorts of things that VSGA member Turner Lewis thought about during the early stages of the COVID pandemic. Like many, Lewis took advantage of the sudden onset of free time in 2020 to play more golf. He's a member at Richmond's Country Club of Virginia, and his drink of choice on course was the Transfusion, which mixes vodka, grape juice, ginger ale, and lime. A full-time radiologist who went to undergrad school at Wake Forest before completing his education at VCU's MCV, Lewis began exploring the idea of canning the transfusion. And what started out as a side hustle out of his garage has quickly evolved into something much bigger. Lewis, who grew up on Virginia's northern neck, is the founder of Four Craft Cocktails, a Virginia company that distributes in five states, with more on the way, hopefully, and ships cans to 42 different states. Side hustle? Not anymore. It's a full-time gig for Lewis, who joins us to describe how everything started and where it's going as Four Craft Cocktails continues to evolve and grow, with a bevy of new products in the pipeline set to debut soon. Now, on to our conversation with Turner Lewis. All right, Turner, thanks for joining us today here on the Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. Uh, great to have you here. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the time, and uh, it's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit, just the background of Warcraft Cocktails, where it all came from. I know that you are still a full-time radiologist and running yeah. this, this hustle on the side. Yeah. Point. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I guess I still call it a side hustle, though it's really like having two full-time jobs. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, the idea came uh, really out of a trip down to Streamsong right before the pandemic. So uh, one of my good friends from medical school and I had been going to Streamsong for a few years. And um, anyway, as uh, was usual, we would we would have some snacks and drinks along the, the, the day. And um, as we were kind of getting on the back nine of the black horse, we were getting some transfusions and, you know, we're fumbling with the cups and the straws and the lids as we're battling with some tacos and, and carrying the carts, uh, the, the bags along the way. And they just kind of sort of stuck out to me. Why is there no canned transfusion? Right. It seemed like a sort of a no brainer. There were plenty of other options that were, you know, ready to drink out there, but nothing that's sort of that golf cocktail. And that idea kind of rattled around uh, inside for a while. And then the pandemic hit. And uh, like most people, my even my job at the hospital slowed down. So I was home more often. I was homeschooling, trying to do some of that. And, and that idea just came back to me. Where's that uh, canned cocktail idea? And I just went down the rabbit hole of how does one make a drink and get a can and sell it? And uh, so that was kind of how it started. And here we are today selling it in five states and, and growing pretty quickly. Wow. Um, so it basically kind of started in your garage, right? It did literally yeah. in the garage. So, um, yeah, I became an ABC wine importer and wholesaler. And so, you know, uh, most, most alcohol is distributed by big companies, but when you're starting out, nobody's going to you kind of take that risk. So you end up doing the distribution yourself. And so my wife and I would, um, drive, 
samples to golf courses or if they would, you know, make an order, we would, we would take it out of stock, which was in our garage and drive it to whatever golf course wanted it. So yeah, literally a garage operation. Okay. What was the first, uh, first club that you sold to? The first club was, uh, probably country club of Virginia. Mm -hmm. Belmont was a close second. Um, so they were, they were on board both of them very early, which was awesome to have that kind of local support and people that saw me hustling and thought it was kind of a cool idea and gave us a chance. So. And you're a member at CCV, right? I am. Okay. Yeah. Member at CCV. So that, that didn't hurt the chances there. I guess. Right. Right. How often do you get a chance to get out and play these days? Uh, these days more than, than I used to, you know, now my wife actually sees it as a business related hobby. So yeah. before it was like a, you know, you can't leave us. We have three kids. Like, what are you doing playing golf on the weekend? And now it's like, no, no, you need to go to Pinehurst and, uh, you know, explore that new uh, opportunity. So it's, it's funny how it's become uh, something more of work for me, but I definitely get out more than I used to. It sounds like that uh, you, you, you know, your arm had to be twisted for that. To get yeah. Out, get out of places mean, like it's, that. It's a tough job, but, yeah. uh, you know, Chris Palmer, who you know, mm -hmm. um, who introduced us and, and also has worked with me here. I went down with uh, him and his father, who you know very well, to Pinehurst just last week. So okay. got to play Pine Needles. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough thing to have to, you know, go on a business trip to Pinehurst, play a little golf. Hopefully meet with some food and bev people and give them samples. So it's uh, it's one of the, the treacheries of being a, a cocktail year, I guess. Yeah, with with so many options out there, how do you kind of sell your your stuff as, as unique, especially to a place like Pinehurst? I mean, it's one thing to your home club, yeah. someplace in Richmond that, that may know you guys, but yeah, it's tough. I mean, uh, it's interesting because the blind squirrel found the nut. I I wanted real spirits in the cocktail. I didn't want to use malt alcohol, which is basically flavorless beer, which is how you see a lot of products in grocery stores and, and chain um, gas stations things because they're sold like beer. I really focused on wanting real vodka or what's coming up soon is real tequila. And that set us apart early on to say, hey, this is actually real spirit in the cocktail. So it's much like the transfusion you're going to get from your bartender at Salisbury next door or, you know, wherever the bartender is making a real cocktail. So that helps us set up, set ourselves apart a little bit. Um, I think our branding, obviously, with the golf, like hit you in the face with golf on the on the, on the cans, on the uh, merchandise, our social media, all those things is really just doubling down. This is a golf brand. Um, early on, when I was coming up with the idea, a consulting company said, you know, you don't want to be so narrow. Golf's it's too, it's too focused. You need more appeal to other people. And I really selfishly was like, but I don't want to do that. I wanted it to be like a golf thing. And, um, it's funny to see non-golf brands trying to get their products in on the golf courses and ours is sort of like just a natural fit. So it, it, it is actually a lot easier to get even the ear of someone like Pinehurst to, to look at it when they see the label that has a golfer on it, or it's a, it's a, a drink that you only see at a golf course. So that's been a natural fit. Yeah. Say, I don't think I've ever remembered hearing anybody outside of a golf setting, ordering a, you know, sitting at curbside or whatever. Hey, I, I want a transfusion. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you don't usually hear that. You're, you're yeah. hearing it more so on, on the golf course. It seems to be very specific beverage tailored, tailored to that crowd. Was that your your favorite on course drink before you started this? Or it was, and you know, I was late to the game of golf, so I didn't start playing until the end of college. And um, I had some buddies here that were at CCV long before I was a member that took me out there. And I just remember um, having a transfusion for the first time. I'm like, where has this been? Like, this is such a great golf drink, but also off the course. And so um, that was the sort of the natural first cocktail to make. Um, and it is kind of my favorite cocktail if I'm, you know, out 
at a golf course on vacation or whatever. But you're right. You don't often like go to the the bar at the hotel and order a transfusion or sit on the beach and make one. But uh, I, I'm hoping to change that. I mean, I think it's such a great drink um, that it has that kind of universal appeal. What do you think makes it such a classic for, for a golf course and for, for being out playing? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think for me, I love to walk. So um, when you're out, especially in the summer, and I know when we are extreme song, like when you're hot and you're needing a little boost of energy, um, you know, for me, at least the beer is sort of like a little heavy on you maybe, and, and it might, might slow you down a little bit, whereas the transfusion that like, gives you a little bit of little boost, a little energy for the back nine. And it's just easy to sip on. You know, I think that sweetness of the ginger ale and just the right amount of grape juice, just it's just different too. So like when I'm having a transfusion, it's usually because I'm playing golf and I'm out there trying to enjoy like the social side or vacation uh, versus something else. So. Well, how are you able to kind of uh, balance everything right now? You, you still have a full-time job. You have yeah. another full-time job. Sounds yeah. like you have three kids. You've got a wife. You've got a lot going on here. Yeah. How do you kind of keep that balance mentally? Uh, it's challenging at times. I mean, lifelong sufferer of ADD, I think probably helps because I don't, um, slow down. So, so, you know, the, the, the brain is always moving quicker than most other parts of me. And, um, honestly, um, I just love the challenge of this business. So not having any experience from the alcohol world or distribution world, it was such a nice challenge for me to figure out all these steps of, you know, formulating a drink, producing a drink licensing it, distributing it, and now selling it and trying to now add new flavors to the lineup and get more states on board. And so all these pieces, these incremental achievements really kind of hit the endorphin center, I think, where they kind of um, just keep keep me excited about it. You know, medicine is on cruise control a little bit for me. Um, I grew up the son of a family practitioner in the Northern Neck. So medicine is sort of what I have been around my whole life in different forms, but, um, it's just a totally different, um, sort of challenge than medicine for me. So I don't know that I do anything really well. So medicine, cocktails, parenting, you know, probably a little average at everything, but it's, uh, but it's fun to be able to do a lot of different things. You brought up a good point too. When we're, we're talking about, uh, I was just on a, on a trip a couple of weeks ago where people wanted some bloody Marys mm-hmm. and now you've got, okay, you get the Bev cart. She's got to stop. She's got to pull out the two things. It might be cold. The ice is all over the place. Now you got people backed up behind you, um, getting getting angry at you because you're, you're holding that pace of play. I mean, it, it's just kind of a natural to be able to get stuff like this in a can, right? Versus going through all that trouble out there. Yeah, I mean, selfishly, it's I'm a little lazy. So for me, having something that you just open the top and drink it is is wonderful. I also um, I'm not a great golfer by any stretch, but I love to play fast. And so I can't stand waiting, especially if you're at the turn and you see the group of heady is like getting a bunch of hot dogs and cocktails made. And you're like, well, this is just going to really slow things down. So personally, I really wanted something that would, number one, appeal to golfers to speed up their pace of play, but also make it easier on that golf cart attendant or the person at the, you know, the turn where they can just hand out four or six of these, much like beer, right? Usually if you're going to buy drinks you're buying maybe a few beers at a time with a bag of ice and i thought why can't the cocktail side be similar instead of you're getting either a super heavy pour or a watered down one or it's too much grape juice or whatever or they're using sprite i mean you know you see these different variations in different areas and i thought having something that's consistently good and quick and easy and you can recognize it whether you're here in richmond or maybe you're down in charleston south carolina or 
Little Rock, wherever we're distributed, you're going to see the same product and oh wait, I can get that transfusion. Why am I going to take a chance on the one that this person's making? Right. I mean, plus it's probably more expensive and all that, all yeah. that stuff that goes on right. with that as well. Exactly. Um, what have been some of the biggest challenges of taking this thing from where it was as a startup probably about a year or so ago to now you're, like you're talking about increased distribution, new products, uh, obviously probably increased production. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. you're not still in the garage or? Are uh, not in the garage. Okay, so luckily good. the garage is back to housing, you know, uh, tools and, and things like that. But um, it is, there's a lot of challenges to it. I've actually brought in a consulting team and uh, they're based in Tennessee who have helped some other alcohol brands and non-alcohol brands kind of take it to the next level because it got to a point where I felt pretty confident what I was doing when I would go and give a pitch to a golf course buyer or, you know, local grocery, um, you know, small local chain. But when it comes to the big markets, the Kroger's and the Giants and the Total Wines and things, you really do need people that know that industry, that have the networking connections. And so there's not only that side of the business, which is really getting the experts involved that know how to scale up. But then there's also the production side of, yeah, you're right. Now we're, now we're looking at bigger production levels. And so there's more cost going in. Um, and, you know, early on, it was just kind of a small investment for myself. And now it's getting quite a bit bigger where we're looking at some um, kind of venture capital firms and, and trying to get some investment. Because, like I mentioned, we're going to be in our fifth state, which is Tennessee, end of January. Um, we're in talks with about five more states that hopefully by spring will be online. And then the real, the real idea is to get into Florida and Arizona. Those are kind of the, especially for the golf world, but even in non-golf beverages because of the seasonality, right? It's always warm and sunny, right? So that's where everybody that makes alcohol drinks wants to be. And so that's kind of our big prize. And so I'm hoping by the end of next year, we'll have those two on our resume as well. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, you, you talked about the, at, at the very beginning too, <clears throat> what is what was kind of the challenges of getting the word out uh, outside of just you know the couple of clubs that you you you, got, you guys started with, but obviously there had to have been some social media involved and probably some people helping out a little bit along the way. Yeah, there's been a lot of people that helped me, and it's amazing. Um, the one thing I've learned and seen too is just how people want to help. People see you working hard. You've got an idea that a lot of people find interesting, and it's amazing how many people have helped me. Chris Palmer being one of the one of the big helpers early on. He introduced me to Fat Perez, who's probably the big reason why our social media has expanded so much. I mean, just a great guy who has um, had this meteoric rise on social media from when I met him. And, uh, you know, Nick had maybe a thousand followers, you know, about a little over, gosh, not even a year ago. Yeah. And then they do the some of the podcasts with Foreplay, playing those matches and whatnot. And he's just, you know, gone to the moon. And it's, and it's just been great for me to... Be lucky enough to have an affiliation with Fat Perez. Lauren Coglin, who you know out in Charlottesville, um, has our head cover on the bag. She's been a great steward for the for the brand. Um, Bryce Cope, who's down in Virginia Beach, has helped us out some. And so we've definitely had quite a few people who I think have been interested in like, wow, this is a Virginia brand, you know, sort of interesting and unique. And uh, that's been a lot of fun. A little spoiler alert, too. We're going to actually have a story on Fat Perez in the uh, ah. uh, January, February issue of Virginia Golfer. So that's under production. Excellent. So keep keep an eye out that uh, for that in the next couple of weeks. He is really a good guy. Excellent. Had a good chance to hang out with him up at Keswick a little bit ago. There so, you go. Um, you know, I see this is starting to get starting to expand to, to different brands. You've got the, the T is out, correct? 
She is out in uh, New Hampshire. Okay. So, um, again, one thing about the alcohol world and trying to get into chain supermarkets, things work on a pretty far lead time. So, in my mind, I'm like, all right, we're going to produce the tea. It's going to be on the shelves next week. And our distributor's like, well, we're going to launch it in the spring. So, um, they have to be a little patient on my end because like most things I'm like rearing to go trying to get it out there as quickly as I can. The, the four T, which is our version of Arnold Palmer basically mm-hmm. is produced. It's in the warehouse. You can buy it on our website and have it shipped to your door, but it won't be on golf courses and in the groceries here in Virginia until probably springtime, March, something like that. Okay. And then you've got a bloody Mary under production and, um, or at least in planning. Yeah, the Bloody Mary's in formulation. That one's been a tricky one. There was some national tomato juice shortage that slowed us down. And then just we've worked with several different what are called flavor houses to make these different recipes. And the Bloody Mary was a challenge. The ranch water, which is tequila, soda lime, super simple, super light, has been really tough to get the flavor right. And there's quite a few on the market anyway. Um, but we really want to get in the tequila sector. That's exploding in the in the grander bigger world of beverages right now and and personally i love ranch water i love the the simpleness of it it's a it's a lighter drink obviously transfusions you know ginger ale so it's sugar um whereas the ranch water is like no sugar it's really simple light real tequila so that's another thing we had to get a certification through you know governmental regulations to be able to use real tequila so wow but, but that should be produced in January. And then after that, we'll have a tequila Paloma, which is like a grapefruit soda with tequila. And then in the, you know, another spoiler alert, working on something with Fat Perez to have a, a special drink with him kind of featured if we can figure out all the details and get that concocted. So it's well, a lot of fun. This is the fun part. The innovation is actually really fun. Yeah. My wife and I get these samples from the, from the flavor house and we have to sit around and test it. So that's, that's a shame. Another right? tough job. <laughs> with all the, the, the sort of, Kind of the, the, I wouldn't say legislation, but the <clears throat> the bureaucracy, all that stuff that you have to go through. Was that a little bit of an eye-opening experience having to go through all and getting all these permits and all these things that you have to do to, to actually run this the right way? It really is. It's, again, part of the full-time job is just the um, paperwork involved and getting licensed in each state, dealing with some states require certain taxes or reporting each month. And so it's... Um, you know, like I said, we're going to be in our fifth state. So we, we started in Virginia ourselves in May of 21. And then Republic National here in Virginia picked us up April of 22. So we've really only been with a distributor for, you know, eight months. Hmm. And um, to go from one distributor or one state now to four and soon five, it's just all these things compound. And so trying to keep track and make sure we're you know, doing everything uh, correctly is a lot of work, but, but again, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a fun challenge. Yeah. Um, but, but so far so good. So let's say, cause the liquor laws are different in say Arizona than they are in Virginia. Yeah. Remember, you can go to the grocery store and buy your yeah. vodka there, or you can't do that here. Obviously. So. Every state's different. Virginia's actually a really good one. It's actually the only one so far we're in that we can distribute in grocery stores. Oh, really? Okay. And so Virginia, Luckily, if you're under seven and a half percent, it's considered wine, even though it's real vodka. But that gets us in the door, Kroger's and uh, Murphy's. And I was driving around, today is my day off, I was driving around this morning checking on stock at certain places and turning the cans, making sure they look right. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it takes a lot of energy and time to make sure, but, but it's something that we're really proud of and excited to, to be able to go to a Kroger and see something that I came up with is, is pretty awesome. That's neat. 
Um, did you kind of feel like you needed to expand to, to be more than just transfusions? Yeah, I mean, even from when I came up with the idea, I sort of saw a big portfolio of drinks. And even early on, most of the distributors would tell me, you're going to want more shelf space, right? And so if you've got, you, you go to the grocery and you'll see like this brand has four drinks lined up. Like that's really what we want is to be able to take up shelf space and have a variety. So someone that doesn't like grape juice, they might like the lemonade tea or if they don't like vodka, maybe they like the Paloma or the ranch water or the Bloody Mary. All these things were kind of looking at having sort of a more uh, variety, if you will. Yeah. I was looking at notes in the cans too, and it seems like you guys put a lot of thought into the art that goes on to the, to the cans. T t tell us a little bit about that and the labels. Yeah, the labeling has been a lot of fun. I was connected to an art firm in Chicago that had done a lot of beer art. One of the things early on I noticed is a lot of the seltzers out there all looked the same on the shelf. They were kind of a split color, like a white on top and a red on the bottom, maybe a little fruit logo. And I thought, that's not really what I want. I always loved like the limited release beer art. I think about Hardywood and some of the great labels I'd seen from them um, and some other, some other great breweries around. And I just wanted our can to look more like that. So this art firm uh, in Chicago really took that to heart. Um, obviously we wanted it to be very golf centric and have these just really cool, you know, golf scenes. And as, as we've already worked on like six labels, so you haven't seen a lot of them, but they all have that same theme. We really wanted, um, kind of a putter milling face around the bottom. So if you look at, and as the more cans come out, you'll see like that element changes each time. So it might look like uh, one putter on this can, a different putter on the next. Having these kind of little golf subtleties that, that some people notice that really, I think, set it apart from other brands. Um, and then, you know, we worked hard to get a great logo with uh, Seth McWhorter, who's down in Georgia. He'd done some stuff with the No Laying Up guys, and I was always drawn to sort of that visual. Um, so Seth kind of came up with the uh, lime on tea elements pretty early on. Um, and then just working with with that group in Chicago, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of satisfaction is it? Do, do, do you get when you go out to a golf course and you see somebody drinking a can of your drink? Yeah, it's, it's hard to describe, right? It's kind of, it's intoxicating and not literally, well, sometimes literally, but to see something, you know, I had, I really had three goals when I came up with, with doing this. And I've done a few other entrepreneurial things in the past that were very low key, you know, the oyster world, my dad and some buddies were doing oysters. And I really, I love branding. I learned a lot about how to create a business and do branding and trademarks and things like that through that entity that have really helped this pan out, but to be able to take an idea from a, from a napkin sketch to a product on the shelf was really one of my first accomplishments. I really wanted to be able to say I produced something. Um, the second was to get to play golf more mm -hmm. and that's clearly happened. And then the third was to hopefully sort of duck a little bit out of medicine where I'm sort of in a dark room all the time, looking at a TV screen basically, and to being outside with people, which is much more what my personality I think is suited to do. So when I go to a golf course and see someone enjoying it or seeing someone buy it at the grocery, look, not everyone's going to love it. I mean, I realize that 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 uh, my ego is is able to handle it. Not everybody loves what I'm doing, and I totally get it. But uh, I think seeing the success, getting the feedback so far, is really um, it's really been a lot of fun. 
Is there a world where you duck out of medicine completely and, and put oh, yeah. everything here? Oh, okay. absolutely. I mean, again, I, I really enjoy what I do and hopefully I'm, I'm helping people in what I do. Um, but for me, the fulfillment I get from, like you mentioned, seeing someone enjoying my product or going to a store and saying like, wow, that's, that's something I did. It's, it's really, um, really pretty cool. Where, where do you kind of see this endeavor going in the next, you know, short term, long term, three years, five years, that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, my my goal for this year was to get um, a distributor. And so we did that pretty early on in the year and, and not have my wife or myself driving cans all over the state of Virginia. So my, my day off, you know, I was thinking about this morning, you know, back in January, a day like today, I'd be driving to six total wines in northern Virginia, which would take me all day. Yeah. And, you know, sell maybe 15 cases, which is tiny in the grand scheme of things and be frustrated in traffic, but know that it was part of the plan. Now, you know, when I log in every day and see what's happening now in four or five states, how much product's going out, seeing that um, how far we've come and what I think is a pretty short time, I feel like we've got a really good trajectory to go pretty quickly higher in the next three years. I would love to be in. 20 states in the next year to year and a half. And I think with the right backing, which is what we're working on now and getting the right team behind it to really put some gas on the fire. In addition to having these consultants that really know how to, they just know the business of alcohol. You know, it's one thing to say we want golf courses carrying it, but what drives distributors is chain sales. So they want the grocery stores carrying it. And so between distributor salespeople, our consulting teams, pitching it to, the targets of the world, the Safeways, the food lines, um, Troon Golf. I mean, you name the you name the corporate entity that has a bigger footprint. That's what we're trying to target. I mean, I would love to become sort of the official cocktail of golf, and I think we have a good chance to get there. But it's going to take a lot of hard work. Yeah, being, being at a places like Pinehurst is that a is that a big deal to get get yourself into the, the big golf resorts as well? It would be amazing. North Carolina is a really tough state when it comes to what I'm doing with canned cocktails because of the tax laws and where it's sold, which I'm learning a lot about. Um, but I will say if I could see it on a menu at the cradle, for instance, the next time I'm there would be truly like there's some things that I just in my mind are like, it's kind of like getting to play yes. Augusta or Cypress, like me seeing myself on the menu at Pinehurst or Streamsong or Bandon. Those are things that really are, are, just again, truly rewarding, you know, when you think about it. So, yeah. well, was there anything else you wanted to add here about the, about the company? And, um, no, I just, I'd like to say thank you to the VSGA. I, I've really enjoyed um, sponsoring the podcast and listening to, to our brand on there. You obviously have represented us very well. Um, folks like Chris Palmer and Fat Perez and uh, a lot of other folks in the state have really supported us. So I really want to take a moment to say thank you because you know, as an outsider to the beverage world and certainly not even a good golfer, it's uh, it's been just really cool to see people reaching out and wanting to help. So thanks. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, look forward to seeing this uh, continue to grow and more shelves and more golf courses and more states. Thank you. I appreciate it. Right, thanks. Whew, I don't know about you, but all this talk of tasty beverages has made me pretty thirsty. We really appreciate Turner Lewis's time here today. And from talking to him, you can just tell how passionate he is about making this business model work. You can find Four Craft Cocktails line of canned beverages at many grocery stores and golf courses in Virginia. To find out more, visit fourcraftcocktails.com. Again, that's F-O-R-E craftcocktails.com. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. And until next time, so long.